Hello and welcome back to another edition of Outside the Shoe. This is Meredith Hine and I'm excited to be joined today by resident baseball expert Jeff Hammersley, who is here to talk about Ohio State baseball and their miraculous entry into the NCAA tournament. After winning the Big Ten tournament as the seven seed, the Buckeyes earned an automatic bid to continue their postseason quest in the NCAAs. First up for the fourth-seeded Buckeyes is top-seeded Vanderbilt in the Nashville Regional. We're excited to have Jeff here to break things down for us. Jeff, how's your day going? I'm doing great, Meredith. Happy to be here. Great. Let's kick things off. The Buckeyes really turned things on in the Big Ten tournament, becoming the lowest seed ever to win the tournament. They finished the regular season winning seven of their last eight and seem to be on a roll. Jeff, what has been going right for Ohio State as they've entered the postseason? Yeah, Meredith, I think it was a combination of the pitching, the batting, but also just having momentum. Coming down the regular season home stretch, the Buckeyes had a big series win at Purdue. That kind of gave them a new life. They got into the Big Ten tournament off of that. They claimed the number seven seed, and they ran into a Michigan team in that seven versus two matchup to begin the tournament play. They beat Michigan twice already this season in Columbus, and that's kind of, I think, came into play here because they beat the Wolverines 2-1. It was a pitching contest. I mean, Michigan only surrendered three hits but gave up two runs. The Buckeyes, a combined one hitter, only one run allowed. Seth Lonzo went five and a third innings of work. Magno went two innings. And I think Magno down the stretch was a very important piece for the Buckeyes. In the, the, semifinal, the semifinal replay against Minnesota, he was a big reason for why they held on and got the win. After a five-run seventh inning, Magno came in, uh, actually a little bit more than two innings of work, two and a third inning of work, but surrendered zero hits and just one walk, and he had a strikeout. Down the stretch, he was the important factor on the mound, and especially when we look at the championship game, the Buckeyes gave up just four hits over two pitchers. Griffin Smith gave up a couple hits. Andrew Magda went the final three innings, three and one-thirds innings, excuse me, and only gave up two hits. But for the Buckeyes, pitching was important, and hitting was also important for Ohio State as well. I mean, Dominique Canzone, uh, Brady Cherry, Dylan Dingler, these were the guys that Ohio State relied on throughout the regular season, and in the postseason, they became very crucial down the stretch for the Buckeyes uh, to make this push to the NCAA Regionals, and now, because of that, they're going to be playing Vanderbilt on Friday night. Absolutely, Jeff. Now, looking at the big picture, the Big Ten has five teams in the NCAA tournament, but no teams ranked in the top 25 heading into the weekend. We know that baseball has favored warmer weather schools since they can play year-round, which will always be a disadvantage for teams from the Big Ten. With that being said, what can the conference do to establish its legitimacy in baseball on a national scale? Uh, can Jim Delaney or whoever the next Big Ten commissioner change the weather patterns? Because I think that is the only way here. I think... Weather is a big disadvantage against Big Ten schools. I mean, look at look at Ohio State's schedule to begin the season. They had uh, to go to Port Charlotte, Florida for a few games, actually four games, Seton Hall, Florida Gulf Coast, and the Snowbird Classic. Then they were out to Corpus Christi for another series, and they went to Daytona Beach to play Bethune-Cookman. Then they were back on the road again to Greenville, South Carolina, where they played Michigan State and Western Carolina as part of the first pitch invitational. Uh, additionally, they had Furman in that lineup, too. Then they played Wofford in Spartansburg, South Carolina, before they got their first home game of the season against Lipscomb on March 15th. They spent the first month of the season away from Columbus, and that's really tough, I think, academically. You're out of the classroom a lot. And I think on the recruiting trail, it's a tough pitch at the very beginning, I think, of the whole road uh, for a student-athlete at the college level. I think if I had an offer from Ohio State or Michigan, Indiana, or even Northwestern, 
I think those are really good offers because they're coming from really good institutions uh, that have decent baseball programs. But if the ultimate goal is to make it uh, as a major league baseball player or you want to be in the warmer weather, warmer climates, a place like Vanderbilt or a place like Ole Miss, Texas, Arizona, any of the California schools for that matter, plenty of schools that have decent academics, lot, a lot better weather than the Big Ten, uh, and I think that really hurts the Big Ten on the recruiting trail. I think in the classroom a little bit that hurts too. And I think all these things kind of snowball into one another. And I think when we look at success for a team, I think within the conference, we look at how a regular season goes. We look at how they perform in the conference tournament. But on a national scale, we look at how they do in the regionals. And especially if teams get down all the way to the College World Series, that I think is where we really look at this, look and see how good a conference is, how good individual teams are in the grand scheme. I wish I had a better answer or an answer at all, but I just really don't know how they get on that same level. For sure. And looking back, no Big Ten team has made the College World Series since Indiana back in 2013, and no team has made the final since Ohio State won it all back in 1966. In this year's tournament, which Big Ten team do you see as the best position to make it to the Super Regionals and ultimately to the College World Series in Omaha? Yeah, that's actually a really good question. I think, at least in my eyes, the team that I think has the best chance to advance are the teams that have momentum. Ohio State has momentum. They came into the Big Ten tournament as the seven. Nebraska, the same kind of boat that came in as the five. They both had to beat better teams throughout who had a better regular season than them to get to the championship game for the conference. I think that kind of changes in Ohio State's uh, kind of their route to the Super Regionals and a potential College World Series trip only because they got to go through Vanderbilt. A draw they got here with Vanderbilt, who was the number two overall seed, they get to host at home at Hawkins Field. But it's a Vanderbilt team that went 49-10 and 10 this season, one of the best teams in baseball. And on the mound, Drake Fellows is the projected starter for Friday night's game. He's 11-0 on the season. So Vanderbilt, a team that made it to the Super Regionals last year, definitely got to be looking to get back there, especially if they get to host the regional portion of the tournament. Uh, looking at what other teams have, I think it comes down to experience of being in this kind of position. Uh, but again, I mean, Indiana would be the team that fits that bill. But going back to my initial thesis of momentum, they don't have it. Indiana began... Uh, the Big Ten tournament as the number one team. They lost to the last-seeded, eighth-seeded Iowa Hawkeyes. Then, in kind of the second-chance effort game against Minnesota, they lost that one, too. That uh, doesn't really bode well for you, especially in these kind of games, which, again, it's a double elimination. You get two losses, but you don't really want to lose your first game. It gives you a lot less ground to work with. And I think Indiana is kind of caught in a position where they're on the, a downward trajectory, and even though they're the number two seed in the Louisville region, they, they have to play Illinois State and a potentially Louisville team to get out of that region. It's, 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 to me, it feels like it's tough sledding. I think for Illinois, same kind of situation for them. They're the number two seed in the Oxford region, but they have to go through Old Miss and they have to play Clemson to begin this kind of tournament in the regionals to advance with, to the super regionals. But the tournament for them is not going to get any easier. And looking at what they did in the Big Ten tournament, the same kind of thing happened to them uh, like what happened with Indiana. They were the three seed. They lost to Maryland, who's the six. At this double elimination contest, they lost to Michigan. So they're also coming in without a lot of momentum. I think the Big Ten team that has the best chance, personally to me, is Nebraska. 
Uh, Nebraska it was in the Big Ten tournament as the five, as I mentioned. But the kind of the way they got stacked up in the in the regional, they're the number three. They get UConn. Oklahoma State is the team that is running that regional. But I think they have a decent chance. I mean, when you look at their schedule and kind of what they went through, the beginning portion, uh, once they got swept in four games by Oregon State in the Big Ten Pac-12 Challenge, they got a big win over Texas Tech, who was the number three. I think it would have really helped if they would have had Mississippi State, but that game got canceled. But they had wins over a Baylor team that was number 21. And that, that kind of early experience in getting those wins, especially when you're away from home, I think is going to matter here because basically these are away games for the two, three, and four seeds in the regionals. But going back to the main point, I think Nebraska is the team uh, for the Big Ten that there was a team that would get far. And I would say the second best team, I would honestly say it's Ohio State. I mean, this team is the number four in the Nashville region. I think they're just happy to be here. They get Vanderbilt. You never know. They have a great night on the mound for Garrett Burhan, who is a scheduled starter. Who knows what happens? But if they do lose that first game, I think they're able to at least get one win here in the Nashville Regional. Definitely. One thing that will certainly not be in Ohio State's favor is the crowd this weekend. With the Regional taking place in Nashville and hosted by Vanderbilt, Ohio State will be facing a true road test against the Commodores. That being said, the Buckeyes were successful in front of one of the largest crowds in Big Ten tournament history when they faced Nebraska and Omaha in the finals last weekend. Jeff, how do you expect the road environment to affect the Buckeyes against Vanderbilt? Well, Meredith, I think the, uh, the road environment will have a factor. Vanderbilt has been to a super regional in recent memory. They were there last season. So I think a lot of the Vanderbilt faithful I think they get a chance to see their team potentially get back to the Super Regional, even a College World Series. I'm pretty sure that they want to be at these games. So I think look for the the crowd to be very much in Vanderbilt colors throughout the weekend. But I think for Ohio State, they've fortunately for them, they've been in the situation just last week. Uh, they played Nebraska in the championship game for the Big Ten Tournament in Omaha. That was as good of a tune-up as you were going to get and if the Buckeyes would have lost that game to the to Nebraska they are not advancing to the NCAA regionals here uh, there's a little bit more leeway because they can afford one loss to begin the regionals but at some point you're going to have to beat Vanderbilt the home team or whoever in Nashville probably going to be Vanderbilt because they're one, they are one of the best teams in baseball right now but when we look at what Ohio State has here they've been in that situation where they're on the road. They have to get some big wins. They did it against Purdue. They basically did it against Nebraska in the Big Ten tournament. Now they just have to do it against Vanderbilt. That's a lot easier said than done, but Vanderbilt's, as a, as a, Vanderbilt's a lot better team here, at least record-wise. But, you know, any, anything can happen in this kind of situation. If the bats get hot and the pitching is solid, who knows what's going to happen Friday night in Nashville. Most definitely. Now, Vanderbilt represents one of the toughest opponents Ohio State will face all year. In fact, while Vandy is the top seed and host of their regional, they're also the second-ranked team in the nation behind UCLA. Vandy enters the regional with a 49-10 record and winners of the SEC tournament. Jeff, what does Ohio State have to adjust to be successful against Vanderbilt this weekend? Yeah, Meredith, I think the adjustments they have to make, I think if they had to mirror them, uh, would be what they did leading up to the Big Ten tournament. The bats got hot, the pitching got very reliable. I think for Ohio State, Brady Cherry, Dominic Canzone, 
two guys who the bats have to get hot here in Vanderbilt. Having a home run would be huge against Vanderbilt and throughout the weekend in Nashville. And I think for Ohio State, that's kind of who you have to rely on. And I think also at the same time on the mound, whether it be Garrett Burhan or, or if even Seth Lonsway gets on the mound, they have to have good outings as well. And at, on the relief side, uh, stepping in after the starting pitcher goes out, it has to be Magnum again. These guys have to step up for the Buckeyes. And at the same time, looking at what Vanderbilt has, the adjustments they have to make is against one of the best teams in baseball right now. Just looking at what Vanderbilt has on the batting side, I mean, Austin Martin leads the team with 92 hits. Uh, J.J. Blade, Art and Ethan Paul, 67 RBIs apiece leading the team. Blade leads the team with 26 home runs. These Vanderbilt Commodores can hit the baseball. I think for Ohio State, it's unfortunate that to go against the number two team in the nation and, and the number one team in the Nashville region. But for Ohio State, this is when you get to the, the regionals, you're playing for a World Series appearance at some point down the road. You have to go through the best team at some point. And for the Buckeyes, unfortunately, they take on one of the better teams right off the bat in this regional. But again, they've made adjustments before and they've gradually gotten harder as each one has gone through. I mean, Purdue, they had to make adjustments just to get into the Big Ten tournament. Then they had to make adjustments throughout the tournament. Now you figure out how Vanderbilt operates. You kind of look at the tape, maybe, kind of look at what you have to do, and you go from there. Not impossible to beat Vanderbilt, but it is hard. But for the Buckeyes, if there's a team that has momentum that could do it, they're probably at the top of the list, at least in my book. And there you have it. Again, Ohio State taking on top-seeded Vanderbilt in the Nashville Regional of the NCAA Tournament at 7 p.m. tonight, looking for a chance to advance to the Super Regional in Morgantown. That's what we've got for you on today's edition of Outside the Shoe. Again, we're joined today by Jeff Hammersley, and I'm Meredith Hine. We'll see you next week.